Welcome to another episode of The Raven Narratives. I'm Sarah Severson. And I'm Tom Yoder. We are the co-producers of The Raven Narratives. The story you're about to hear was told by Tom Garcia in October at our events at the Mancus United Methodist Church and the Durango Arts Center when the theme was belonging. These events were done in collaboration with the Mancus Creative District's We All Belong Arts and Society grant awarded through Colorado Creative Industries. Tom is a devoted husband, father, grandfather, and chiropractor. His passion is being on the earth, at the fire, under the open sky, listening and sharing the experience with others. Tom loves life and marvels at the intelligence of the spirit that moves through all things. His favorite TV program is The Andy Griffith Show. He is a voracious reader and in his spare time trains for Spartan races. Here is Tom's story. Well, it's only taken me two months and about 10 years to get here. So um, 10 years ago, a good friend of mine, one of my closest friends, came to live with us and stay with us in our home. My wife, Karen, myself, and our four children. We helped him transition from this life to the next, and he was gone in 18 months. I met Jim on a men's weekend, and it was a Mankind Project's new warrior training, and um, it bonded us. And that, and, and, you know, being in a weekly men's circle just brought us really close together, and I loved him like a brother. And we spent a lot of time together, hiking, backpacking, mountain climbing. And I remember when his health first started to falter. You know, he was losing his balance, and he was complaining of a bad taste in his mouth. Jim was diagnosed with Pick's disease, which is a rare form of dementia, similar to Alzheimer's. When he could no, could no longer live independently, his family decided to put him into assisted living. And my wife, Karen, and I said, we want Jim to stay with us. We'll take care of him. We had no idea what we were getting into. And in retrospect, it's a good thing we didn't. Every day I showered and shaved Jim. Sometimes in the middle of a shave, he'd blurt out, I love you, Tom. And I'd look at him and say, I love you too, Jim. And then he'd say, you miss a spot right here. <laughs> Used to bug the hell out of him if I missed a spot right there. And he sat down and ate family meals with us. When he could no longer feed himself, my wife fed him. She was an angel of that man. And then when he could no longer walk, I took him for hikes in a wheelchair. We still uh, sat in a men's circle together, but when he couldn't come to circle anymore, we'd put it out an empty chair for him and include him anyway. Now, we live in an extraordinary community, Hartwood Co-Housing. And one evening, and often our men's circle would meet at the community fire pit. And so one evening we had a ceremony for Jim. And as we're all standing around in a circle, all of us men with our eyes closed in silence, I could hear rustling and the crunching of gravel. And when I opened my eyes, the community of Hartwood had surrounded our entire men's circle. Men, women, and children. So that's how we did it. You know, our family surrounded Jim. The men of the Mankind Project surrounded our family. And the community of Hartwood wrapped all of us in its love. When Jim passed away, you know, after he passed away, we washed his body, wrapped him in a white sheet and sarongs, sprinkled marigolds over him. I blessed him with sage smoke and tobacco. 
And then we packed dry ice around his body and we kept him for three days. And every day people came to visit. And even afterwards, when, he was, when his body was taken away, they came for weeks and would sit in a room and just be in a space. Witnessing Jim's decline, you know, his deterioration and his withdrawal from the world, it awakened something in me. And I was surprised. It caused me to question my own mortality and everything I believed about life and death. And so what happened is, and our house at the same time was filled with so much light, you know, and the light inflamed me. And so I withdrew. I started to, the things that I, I, was, that I enjoyed doing, I, I simply didn't want to do anymore. I closed my practice. I'm a chiropractor. I closed my office. Our home went into foreclosure. We almost lost it. And the men's work that I was so passionate about, I walked away from. And I simply quit. But at the same time, I, I, I felt driven in a way I couldn't describe. And I was driven to the woods. I started to go to the woods to be alone. Early in the morning before sunrise, at night before sunset, often I'd stay out all night under the, sky, you know, under the stars and the sky, on the earth. And my wife was incredibly tolerant of my behavior. I told her I was having a midlife crisis. And I said, it's either this or a blonde in a Corvette. <laughs> and she just let me go. So what happened, I started, you know, I, I started building these huge stone fire pits and beautiful altars all over our land. And I made what I would later call teaching fires, where I would kneel and journal and pray. I prayed a lot, and it was awkward because I wasn't used to praying like this. And I, asked for, I prayed for a lot of help, all the help I could get. And then I started asking big questions. You know, who am I? Why am I here? What's my purpose? And in my moments of despair, I'd ask, why did you send me here? You know, I wanted to know. I wanted to know how to live and how to be true to myself. The experience of fire building and altar, altar, you know, creating altars, it opened me. And so I became more in touch with nature. I started paying more attention to the rising and setting of the sun and the, the cycles of the moon and the, you know, the, the, the changing of the stars, you know, the, the stars, just watching the stars at night. And I felt connected to the ancestors and something, you know, the energies that guide and protect. And then a ceremony came through me. And it was ancient and primal and sacred. And it was this energy that moved through me, and it came from the earth, it came out of the fire, and the fire spoke to me. The voice was clear and unmistakable. And it led me to the places where I felt afraid, unworthy, inadequate, and it told me, don't be afraid, just listen. 
told me to pray deeply because that's how it communicated with me. And it said, pray out loud so you can hear yourself and pray in your own words. Find the words, find the language for your prayers. It told me to laugh more because I liked the sound, it said. And it spoke to me of forgiveness, beginning with my father. And I said, I've already given, forgiven my father. There's nothing more to forgive. And it said, forgive him again. And as I did, I began to see there were others in my life I needed to forgive. And in this way, I began to heal the separation in my own life. I deepened my trust in myself and God and in people. And when I thought I had trusted enough, I'd be asked to trust even more. Once I asked, why are you so hard on me? And the answer that came back was, because you won't surrender. You're hell-bent on doing things your own way, and you won't listen, and that's why you suffer. I even asked, why are you telling me these things? Like, why me? And the answer that came back was, because you asked. (laughs) You ask, we answer. That's how it works. And when we find even one who will listen, we have a lot to say. For a time, I thought the voice would leave me. You know, that I would wake up one day, and it would be gone, and everything with it. The fires, the ceremony, that it would just disappear. But instead, it became stronger and more clear. And I came to know that voice the way a child knows the sound of its mother's voice in a room full of mothers. And I'd listen for it. Often it told me, these messages that you're receiving aren't just for you. You have to share them. But I hesitated. I felt exposed. And I was afraid to be vulnerable like this, to even talk about this. And the voice would, patient, would say patiently and gently, when you are ready. And then it would add, we have an eternity to wait, but you don't. So get busy. <laughs> I've built hundreds of ceremonial fires that heal and bless and connect people to the sacred and their own wisdom. And I've learned that the fire that lives inside each of us is a sacred thing. And that for many of us, you know, our work is to reclaim the sacred in our lives. It took me 50 years to find my ceremony or for my ceremony to find its way to me. And I know it's not just in me, it's in you too. And then it took me another 10 years to own it and to embrace it and surrender myself to a will that's not my own but belongs to me all the same. So whatever your struggles, know that you're surrounded, guided, and protected. There's a voice that speaks your name. Listen for it. You're not alone. Thank you for listening.
Thank you, Tom, for telling that story. To pitch your story for a future Raven Narratives event, fill out the contact form on our website at ravennarratives.org. And we're currently looking for storytellers for our upcoming events in February of 2019, when the theme will be love. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, and share these stories with your friends. Big thanks goes to photographer McCarson Lee of Red Scarf Shots. Check out the portraits of our storytellers on the gallery page of the Raven Narratives website, and be sure to visit her website at redscarfshots.com. And thanks to our fiscal nonprofit sponsor, Mancus Valley Resources. Find out more about all the wonderful projects they support in the Mancus Valley of Colorado at mancusvalleyresources.com. The website for buying Raven Narratives tickets, ravennarrativestickets.org, was created by Cortez Web Services. Find out how they can help your business online at cortezweb.com. Our theme music was written, composed, and performed by Jazar. And you can find out more about his music on SoundCloud or at freemusicarchive.org. Now for the outtake. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know what I was thinking. Can you just cut that part out? <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I can go. Because you, cause you ended, so it was I did. Fine. Yeah, I can cut it. Okay. <laughs> now, don't stop. That's me now. I'm clearly the A here. Stop shuffling the paper. Okay. <laughs> it's like cards. You don't no, know what I have. <laughs> Whose bio am I going to read? <laughs> that was well done, by the way. Uh, thank you. You really powered through that. When you want to. I know. Focus. focus like a Jedi. Exactly. Using the force. <laughs>